Kiss me, fat boy. You're listening to Bloody Mary's Queer Horror Podcast. This is our Christmas show, and we're reviewing Gremlins. Gremlins. <laughs> I'm the face of your late business partner that appears in your door knocker, Sean. <laughs> My pronouns are they, them. And I'm straight from Jingle Hell, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> also they, them. <laughs> this is nice. Um, trigger warnings. Uh Mainly just violence um, and also a, a, a dead Santa in a chimney. Yes, um, and spoilers and swearing from us. Of course, of course. So, Gremlins. Uh, it's a 1984 <laughs> yes. American horror comedy. Uh, it was directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus. Oh, yes. the that, colonizer. That fame, yes. <laughs> um, and the executive producer was obviously uh, Spielberg. Um, it draws on legends of folkloric mischievous creatures. Mm. I didn't write that. Um, that cause malfunctions, gremlins, um, in British Royal Air Force going back to World War. To World War. That's what it says. <laughs> anyway. Any particular World just, War. Just, you know. um, so uh, the film uh, was the centre of a large merchandising campaign. I think you can tell like, just by how cute Gizmo was. Like, Did you have a... any access like toys when you were younger? I don't know, actually. I, well, it's because it came out in 84. I was just a babby. Uh, so... I did have a Gremlin toy and I was... Oh. It was two years before I was born, but I I did get it, but I, I hadn't seen it until just now I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, I had like a stuffed toy of Gizmo, and then in his belly or maybe in his back, he had like a little ball, like oh, fluffy ball like with, with pop the, out. little ears, and maybe a couple of them. I don't remember. Oh. But yeah, it wasn't as cute as actual Gizmo. No. Um, so it opts for black comedy against a kind of Christmassy backdrop. Um, so, uh, as I said, Spielberg was the film's executive producer, with the film being produced by Michael Finnell. I don't know what that means. Um, it's the Finnell Countdown. countdown. <laughs> uh, 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 I like that you start singing <laughs> where you don't know where I'm going with something. <laughs> <The> Finnell. <laughs> um, and uh, it was released um, in June in 1984 by Warner Brothers. Uh, in June? I know, weird, right? Um, it was to do with not clashing with another release or being released in the like when they realized there wasn't like anything coming out that would clash with it or something like that um but yeah which is weird obviously i mean it was pointed out at the time with the reviews that it was like why is it christmas in june but anyway um but i think a lot of people forget this is summer (laughs) yeah i think a lot of people forget it's kind of christmas themed this film because like when i mentioned that we were reviewing gremlins for this and they were just like what is it a Christmas film? It's like, yeah. You see, I mentioned it to a friend last night and they said, oh, good. Uh, oh, good Christmas <laughs> film. Good Christmas film. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, um, it was uh, both critically and commercially received very well, very successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it was uh, heavily criticised for more, more violent sequences. Um, in response to this and to similar complaints about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at the time, um, Spielberg suggested that the Motion Pictures Association of America um, uh, alter its rating system. Which it did uh, two months of the film after the film's release, creating a new PG thirteen, and here twelve was also created yeah. off the back of this film. Oh, really? Yeah. So before that, this was a PG. Yeah. I I mean, it is fairly brutal. I know, I know. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it was obviously followed by a sequel, uh, Gremlins Two, the so, new batch. Uh, just, yeah, just come to on. go off on a tangent about this. Go on. I know the US rating system is different to ours, but before a twelve. It would have just been PG or fifteen. Yeah, that's a huge. That is a big jump. Isn't yeah. It? It is. uh, what was the alternative in the US? Do you know? It's just the same. Well, I don't know actually. I guess it was fifteen. I'm not sure. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. I wonder why it's like twelve and thirteen actually as well. Anyway, whatever. Um. So uh, yeah, it was followed by uh, Grumman's two, uh, the new batch. Weirdly, which is like uh the director's m- favorite film of the two, which is crazy because it's like really bonkers. Like it's like kind of almost unhinged, like ridiculous. Oh, really? But it is like it's like a cult classic. I'd say. Oh, I love it. But um. But yeah, and apparently there's a third film in the works at the moment, uh, Gremlins Three. But um, is the second one the one with the lady gremlin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like all these ridiculous gremlins where they drink like potions and become like electricity and spiders and things. Of course, um, seems like the logical <laughs> next step. Um, so Tim Burton was considered to direct the movie, but it was turned down as he like um, had only directed like short films at the time. Um, mm. Uh, <laughs> for any studio execs, uh, this is uh, just a list of trivia, by the way, un- unformatted. Um, uh, studio execs uh, sent a note complaining the movie showed the Grumlins too much, um, and Spielberg shot back with, "Well, why don't we cut them all out and call it humans?" What's it mean? It shows them too much. I guess it's maybe like it's to try and make them more mysterious. I don't know, but it's, it is a schlocky family film, though, with a lot of. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it actually, leading on from that, apparently it was going to be a lot darker and edgier. Um, and Gram- Gizmo was originally meant to become a gremlin uh, and actually become Stripe. Um, oh. uh, but it was con- apparently deemed too confusing for audiences. Also, Billy's mother was going to be decapitated by the gremlins uh, with her head rolling down the stairs. Imagine! <laughs> Um, also, the science teacher, Mr. Hansen's death, was originally meant to be a lot nastier with like lots of needles, um, and it was just changed to just the one syringe in the yeah, butt. Um, What's his name, Mr. Hansen? Mr. Hansen. Hansen. Okay. <laughs> so handsome. Um, so, oh yeah, there was also a scene that was meant to be like um, where they found like the aftermath of the gremlins attacking at McDonald's, um, where it's like they devoured <laughs> the patrons, including a baby. Um, uh, and left the McDonald's food untouched as a kind of like commentary on like it being garbage, I guess. Um, but um, but it was cut obviously for being too. It's of course cut for being too dark and sad. <laughs> I think a it's dead very, baby in a McDonald's is a bit sad. Very sad to leave your McDonald's. <laughs> what a horrible waste. Um, the Santa speech uh, proved to be quite controversial, um, and uh, studio executives really wanted it removed because they felt it was like. 
um, too ambiguous as whether it was meant to be funny or sad. I think it was quite obviously meant to be sad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, But apparently the director, Joe Dante, was quite stubborn. He wanted to keep the scene. Um, Even even Spielberg didn't like it, but uh, it wasn't his film, so he let it it slide. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's like really dark, though. I think that's like one of my favorite bits of the film. Yeah, um, I think so. so uh, all of the gremlins were animatronics. As I said, I think I told you that um, originally they tried to put gremlin heads on actual monkeys, <laughs> and the monkeys apparently just flipped down, like trashed everything. A little I, like I real ho- gremlins. I, I, I hope they uh, unionized. <laughs> well, yeah, like also like in the eighties, surely they would have had like more like animal protections than to allow that to happen. Well, I'm glad it didn't happen anyway because it would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure they did have that many protections actually. Yeah, but um, but well, you can understand kind of why because each of the gremlins apparently cost 30 to 40,000 to make um, and everyone who left a lot for the day of security would have to check their trunks of their cars to make sure that they hadn't stolen one um, <laughs> the, um, do you know how many there were made? I don't know because it looks like in the cinema scene like for example it looks like there's trillions um, I mean I guess they don't all have to be as well articulated if you do it because no, you don't yeah, see you them all in detail so around. some of them are probably just more like puppety yeah, because I noticed this one in the kitchen where you could actually see the pole coming off its hand at one of the shots, which I never noticed mm-hmm. before. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so who knows? Um, uh, so some fun fan theories that I saw. Well, obviously, well, like, also a lot of them talk about how annoying it is that it talks about like eating after midnight. Because it's just like, when is midnight? Like, obviously, like, there's time zones and, like, what is it, you know, and when does it end? When does the after midnight end? Is it like... (laughs) (laughs) Ten past is fine. (laughs) It's only the immediate aftermath of midnight on the the East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another fan theory, which these are just random weird ones, I've just noticed, but but, uh, apparently there's a theory that Gizmo is actually, like, um, like very, like very old, like hundreds of years old, and um, he's very wise and a bit wiser than he seems, maybe like in his childlike way. Um, and he doesn't specifically doesn't want to turn into a gremlin because he sees that his his fuzzy form is more appealing to humans, and he'll be more likely to get his way and get what he wants. I don't know why they've. Where have uh, they got that from? I don't know. They just make it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not so much a theory as fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other is that uh, Mogwai is produced sexually to produce good Mogwai, but that reproduce asexually through water to produce bad Mogwai, um, based again on no no well, actual facts. Nothing. Yeah. Um, do you know what the name? Where the name Mogwai comes from? Um, it does have. Uh, like translations that mean stuff like demon and devil and stuff in different languages. I've forgotten to make a note of that, but mm. um, but yeah, it does have an origin. So there's a band called Mogwai. Yes, they took it from this film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. They did the the uh, the soundtrack to Les Revenants. You remember that series? Uh, yeah, Le Lick Pub. Le Lick <laughs> Le Pub. Yeah, the soundtrack's incredible though. So good. I thought that kind of like fizzled out. Did they make another season of that? Well, no. The, so they did one series, which was brilliant, and then it, they never got a remake, and then they did uh, they never got a follow up. But then they did a, a US remake, oh. um, which we started watching and thought it was shit. Yeah, garbage. Um, so yeah, that's all, all the facts I have about Gremlins. There's, there's a lot more kind of just random, like boring stuff I didn't want to repeat. But um, but yeah, that, that was the stuff I found interesting personally. Thanks for sharing. You're so welcome anytime. Aww.
So, uh, here we go with a, a very short synopsis um, of the film, which I think covers most of it, to be honest. Um, so, inventor Randall Peltzer stops by, uh, stops by Chinatown, New York City, to pick up a gift for his son, Billy. Um, the shop is a very kind of mystical, spooky place with spiders and trinkets. Um, that was my embellishment. Um, That's lovely. Um, uh, the old shopkeeper says, no way, but his grandson sneaks out and he ends up buying a mysterious, yet undeniably adorable critter called a mogwai. How do... I, I'm sorry to start <sighs> no, picking please. holes from the very beginning here, yes. but why... What is the relationship between that little Chinese boy and the inventor? <laughs> Why do they get talking in the street? Oh, yeah, in the street. Because he just, like, come... He just, like, yeah, takes them to the shop. I don't know. Weird. Um, so, yeah, so he... Pedophile. Stop! <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Um, the creature comes with instructions, though. Uh, don't let it near br- bright light. Don't get it wet. Um, and don't feed it I after... C- I, I can't help that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he names the creature Gizmo, um, and it's a gentle, well-behaved uh, animal creature. Um, but after not it... to forget, not to mention adorable. Adorable. <laughs> and obviously, they kind of they must have spent lots of time trying to make it the cutest thing ever, mm. um, so that they could sell lots of toys. Yeah, because um, the other ones aren't that cute. No, none of them are as cute as. Well, uh... they put like slime or like grease all over their noses mm. and make them look all snotty and disgusting. The other ones are like Gizmo's like a pristine princess um <laughs> so um so yeah uh billy accidentally does get him wet after saying don't do that um it's actually cory feldman's character who spills mm. the water but anyway um uh, cory feldman works in a um i think you say in mysterious ways <laughs> <laughs> yeah well indeed works in a uh, like a christmas tree sales place shop um and uh, he, he's got to dress as a Christmas tree, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Yeah, he's like waddling um, around in this Christmas yeah. tree. <laughs> <laughs> which makes his job ten times more difficult to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Mogwai uh, Gizmo gets wet and then suddenly those Mogwais just pop off him, like little balls popping off his back. Um, and he looks like he's in lots of pain as well. Mm, like he's having well, a lovely time. childbirth, am I right? Yes, from your back. Um, <laughs> Um, so the new ones are like quite mean, um, and uh, I'd say impish, impish, naughty, mm. yeah, um, mischievous. They're not as bad as they get. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh well, they do hang the dog up by. His, yeah, anyway. Um, mm. but yes, anyway. Um, so they uh they trick Billy by cutting the alarm on uh, wire on his uh, a wired clock in those days wired clock oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um and it says it's 8:20 so he feeds them a big thing of chicken and they love it and uh, he tries to give some to Gizmo and he's like Nyeh. Um, um, oh, <laughs> um, and then um, also, also, so he thinks it's eight twenty, and it's after, after midnight. midnight. What is his sense of time? Yeah, I mean, sometimes he'll be like an hour or two out, but he does seem a little <laughs> bit like dopey, doesn't he? Like, well, you don't have to be smart when you're so sexy, do you? So beautiful. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I wouldn't know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm always keenly aware of the time. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm so ugly. <laughs> it's ugly o'clock again. <laughs> I'm always keenly aware of the slow ebb of 
time as my pathetic, ugly life <laughs> reaches its, ever closer to its very distant end. <laughs> well, not for Billy. No. He's too beautiful to notice the concept of time. Um, which, which is just another reason why he and I would make a perfect couple. Because <laughs> he could be like, hey, what time is it? And I'd be like... It's blah, blah, blah. I'm keenly aware. <laughs> and I'll share it with you now. It's ugly as fucking I told you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they eat all the food and they look really smug. And he's like, anyway, night then. And he wakes up and they've all turned into horrible cocoons. Um, he also, in the meantime, has given one of the, the, the little Mogwai to a scientist, Mr. Hansen, at the school. Um, weirdly uh, to investigate um, and uh, he also gets a sandwich and he goes nom nom um, <laughs> and um, and yeah and then he turns into cooking he also gets a sandwich <laughs> he also <laughs> gets a snack um, it doesn't get wet though um, anyway um, so so they all turn into cocoons and then they like uh, hatch the cocoons and they're the ugly, frightening gremlins and they look like horrible monsters. Mm. Um, so uh, Stripe, uh, the ringleader of, of all of them, who has a weird, like, fluffy stripe when none of them do. Um, He's got, like, little white mohawk. Mohawk, yes. Um, finds a local pool and jumps in uh, for a little swam um, mm. and then becomes lots of them. And then it cuts to them all, like tranching uh down the, <laughs> down the main avenue uh like an army um and yes uh, it very stop motion yeah very cheesy <laughs> kind of plasticine gremlins um uh, uh at which point they do lots of uh gleeful uh naughtiness and cause havoc and terrorize the town mm. um so from then, that's where the notes end but um, i can happily continue to what happens at the end of the film um <laughs> But no details of any of the deaths. Um, so, uh, so they do lots of deaths, um, and then um, they all go. Weird. They go to the bar, and they the, like the. So I can't remember her name, but the girlfriend Kate, Kate who is she's not the girlfriend, but she's friend of Love Billy, and, and, and they're they're planning on going on a date together. Mm. And she she's the only one working at the bar, and the only one in the bar, and she's still continuing to like serve, serve them. them. Like, like she's like lighting their cigarettes for them and yeah, like pouring them pints. And that's stuff. really weird. <laughs> um, so that's one of the sites of the terror, terror terrorism. Um, wow, well, that's right. Potentially, yeah. it is. Um, and um, but then they all leave suddenly to go to see the cinema to watch Snow White. Um, and um, and <laughs> this is one of those really weird details from like kind of schlocky classic films. I always think this <laughs> makes me think of it on Chucky, where the first malevolent thing that Chucky does is sneak out of the bedroom to watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that off the top of your head? What? That's what the phone is like. Because I, I remember I saw it not long ago and I was oh. just like, oh, is this an act of evil? <laughs> or is this not being someone who likes to catch up on current events? <laughs> evil. Evil. Um, uh, so while there... Um, they were watching it and Stripe runs out of snacks. So he goes to the local shop to get some candy. Um, and Billy and Kate and Gizmo blow up the whole cinema, killing all of them except for Stripe, who survives in the superstore. Um, they notice him in there, chase him in there. There's lots of uh, lots of danger and peril, um, including chainsaws, bows and arrows, uh, 
like blade like spiral blade things he gets thrown its head um and um and then eventually he finds a little like uh a bath bird bath but it's quite big for a bird bath is that what they're called it's like, like a, a it's like a water detail. feature thing that you would see in like a garden center or something yeah and it is in the garden center section mm. um appropriately um mm. and uh so he gets he's like oh yeah water get in um yeah what yeah get in <laughs> man um and uh meanwhile for some reason gizmo finds a pink car um and uh and because gay because uh, he's a little gay and uh <laughs> drives for what seems like hours while everything else is happening <laughs> well it's, it's a tiny car and it's yeah. a big shop <laughs> <laughs> he eventually gets to where the action's happening um and shoots up through a uh through like a spade that then flings him against the wall and then he kind of opens the blinds and light comes in. But you forgot to say that uh, Stripe has has, finger in has acquired water. a gun by this point. Oh yeah, he's from shooting like a at gu- Billy. gun cabinet and is sh- shooting at Billy. Um, anyway, so then that's also happening, but he's also getting all bubbly on his back from uh, <laughs> and um, to make new ones. But then they open the blinds and the light comes in. And and is it meant to be daylight actually, or is it just light? I don't know. It's daylight. It is daytime, isn't it? Well, because it's nighttime when they're all at the cinema. But maybe it's late. Well, I mean, it, maybe does... it becomes morning eventually, doesn't it? Snow White does go on for quite a long time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that um... fucking hi-ho song goes on for a And then, uh, yeah, he gets all, like, uh, the light on him and he starts melting. Um, and then uh, falls in the water, but then jumps back out. I need to melt more on the floor. Um, so then they uh, go back to the house, and they're like, "Phewy, glad that's all over." Oh, they've done a little kiss by this point, though. Oh yeah, they? but ran- yeah, Billy randomly kisses Kate when they get in the shop for no yeah. reason. Well, I think it's because he thinks this could be the this end. This could be the end of me. Um, so yeah, so they get back to the house and all safe and sound, and they're like, "Oh, what a crazy night!" Um, <laughs> and um, on the news, the broadcaster's like, "Oh, there was mass rioting in this small town, and some people say they saw green little men, but ridiculous, of course, <laughs> it was rioting." Blah, 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 blah. Um, then oh, I actually don't know his name, the old man from the shop. I th- I think on the, I saw on the credits, I think he's just called Grandfather. Okay. So grandfather suddenly appears. Is he? Just, he's indoors in the house, isn't he? Actually, yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> seem, himself doesn't seem to have a lot of uh, <laughs> decorum, <laughs> respect for privacy. I mean, if this was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I would have endorsed him being murdered on sight <laughs> for breaking an entry. Is a happy ever ending? <laughs> um, but no. So then he's like, "Give me back my gizmo. You stole it." Um, and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It really shouldn't have let this happen. It was really bad. And he's like, yeah, well, you you people, you're always just like taking things from nature and you don't respect them and you ruin them. Anyway, bye. <laughs> um, but then he has a little and message. And then he like, says, me, 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 me. With no, doesn't do that. Um, something similar though. Um, and uh, oh god, I was going to say Mr Miyagi. That's so bad. Um, but yes, no, it's very similar to Mr Miyagi. He does have that vibe. Um, uh, he goes like, "Oh, he has a message for you," but he's like, "What? You understand him?" He's like, "Yeah." And then the ridiculousness of that is then like completely overruled by the fact that Gizmo just comes out and says. 
by Billy in English. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's just like, you just have to listen. And it's like the whole time he's been talking English. Because earlier he'd be like, bright light, bright yeah. light. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, um, so they didn't try and keep him, which I guess is fair enough. I, th- I think they, they, they accept it. They, they did fuck up quite yeah. s- s- severely. Um, <laughs> and um, so then, uh, yeah, so then they just like uh, poodle off down the street. And uh, <laughs> he's just like, it looks like he's walking through some sort of painted uh, Christmas card. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's the end of the film. Mm. So that that was a, a whirlwind tour a of the film. Stop. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought maybe it'd be worth, I just, I've made some notes about some of the main characters I wanted to talk about a bit more. Go so, on. Um, Can I start with a few points? I uh, no. I've said I will go. <laughs> I'm joking, go on then. <laughs> uh, My biggest question throughout, go well, on. there were two, but one of them was bigger than the other, is when... Before all the madness starts, when Gizmo is just the only uh, mogwai, um, mm. and everyone who meets it's just like, oh, it's so cute. Nobody says, "What? what is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all just accept this new creature that they've never seen before. And I think that's strange. The, I think because it speaks, I think that's especially strange. I think if you just met like a weird, like exotic animal... You would just be like, oh, what? And then you'd be like, okay, I suppose. You would. You would. Oh, you would. You would. <laughs> and you know what? Um, you, if, if I came home one day and was oh, yeah. like, look at what I've got. <laughs> and I had a little like. I'd be like, boring. I'm not you'd even say, looking. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that would be the first thing you said yeah. before you started cooing at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other question is, they're not told. Uh, by grandfather, mm-hmm. um, when he gives the three rules, he doesn't know. He doesn't. The, the little boy does, doesn't he? When the the boy gives the three rules to the dad, he doesn't say. Also, don't feed it after midnight. But when you do feed it, you should feed it this. And my question would be like, what what does this thing eat? Like yeah. seeds, <laughs> seeds, seeds. I, I think by the least thing, it just eats everything, but it has to just be. But one of them has a fucking sandwich, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have a pile of chicken. Yeah, and they eat candy, popcorn. Mm. What's the thing? A beer, beer. Yeah, a beer. some of them are smokers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Great. So, did you get everything out that you need to say? Yes. I mean, I have other things to say, but please, please. <laughs> Do go on. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought I'd do a little whistle stop to all the characters to flesh them out a little bit more because you don't really in that little like, snipsy that I gave you, you don't really get to know them very well. Um, so Billy, oh. uh, it's just like literally the most beautiful man ever. You know what it really made me think of? What? Can you remember last Christmas when we did a podcast <laughs> and we did oh uh, Silent Night Deadly Night Silent Night Deadly Night and he was and also he the was hottest. also beautiful. <gasps> Who's the more hottest? I think Billy is. Do you? I don't know. So I would normally prefer a dark-haired beauty. But um, the one in Silent Night, Deadly Night, remember when we saw his hairy bum? Oh, yeah, the little wisps of hair. Yeah, I think he's way hotter, actually. He was more like hunky. Yeah, Billy's more Mm. twinky. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I like his beautiful thick eyelashes. Yeah, he's um, very beautiful. Very doughy. Yes. Um, 
But yes, anyway, um, so he's a cutie patootie. Um, he's also kind of like a little bit kind of like childlike in a way that made us worry that it was meant to be a child, um, <laughs> yeah, like it was playing an adult, like, you know, being played by an adult yeah. like we do in like all the films and series these days. But he works in the bank. But he actually works in the bank. Mm, so That's um, a job. That's a grown up job. Um, so that's the other thing about him. He works in the bank. Um, he also has a dog that he loves. Called Barney. Um, and he loves um, illustrating and comics. He which does. Doesn't really come up a lot, but yeah. um, it's explored further in the second film. Is um, it? Yeah. Well, is he in the um, second film? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, both the mother, Kate, and him. And his, potentially, his. Uh, potentially. His, his untidiness around his hobby is the root of this problem because it's a little bowl of water that he's got his paintbrushes yes. in. Yeah, that causes Gizmo the initial pain it of, of the labour. The pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that called when Eve has to give birth? Um, that's called like the pain of birth. Who's I don't Eve? In in the Bible. Um, it's a rather random tangent, but they like they like there's a whole thing about like how like God makes her like the pain of birth really unbearable, whereas if they'd stayed in the garden, I don't know, maybe well, she would have just slipped out, popped them out or of just, her back, <laughs> <laughs> or just like shot them into the air like fish do. <laughs> oh no, that the man does that, and then the woman goes and just like catches them. All. <laughs> um, also, weirdly, he's friends with Corey Feldman's character, who's like. A literal child, and they hang out. Like it's quite sort of odd. Um, also, Corey Feldman's character isn't really doesn't fit anywhere. So we know he works at the Christmas tree shop, <laughs> uh, exploitative child labour. Because I think this is the the youngest I've seen Corey Feldman in a film. He must have had some kind of cachet because, like, it feels like he's just been plopped into it to be like for that, like just to be yeah. like, oh my god, it features Corey Feldman, but. I don't really know his career that thoroughly, to be honest. I think I listened to a podcast about him recently, because he's, oh, another, one, he's, he's another one that went a bit... a sad life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he might have also been involved with Michael Jackson in some way yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think he might be a defender of him, but I don't know how... Yeah, he was abused. That is. But, um, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. The, but, um, uh, yeah, because when I think sorry. of him, I always think of like Lost Boys or Stand By Me. Was he in Goonies? I think maybe this yes. was... Been, well, I wonder if Goonies, Goonies was, before. was before this. So okay. Goonies was, would have been 83, maybe. Okay, okay. And the reason I know that is because Cindy, Cindy and the wrestlers that were involved in it as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my frame. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Captain Lou Albano. The list goes on. <laughs> um... So, uh, moving on from Billy to his father, who I literally Ooh. cannot bear. I like it's not even well. Basically, he's an inventor, as I said, but like it's all these garbage contraptions that just don't work and break and cause everything to go wrong. And it's just like I I find it like so unbearable, like in terms of the tragedy of it as well. The fact that he just like keeps trying to make these sad little inventions to keep his family afloat, but actually Billy's the one bringing in all the money because his dad's just like obviously unhinged and also all all that his inventions do is to make his wife's life much harder because they're mostly like kind of household kitchen yeah. sort of appliances and she sits at home making a sad little gingerbread man well yeah without having to use any of equipment trying not to use anything and then he gets annoyed because she doesn't use he doesn't she doesn't use the device to answer the phone oh, because it doesn't work i hate that. i think it, he feels like this is how i think of like kind of like middle-aged straight men 
is like lots of unfinished little projects around the house that make everybody else's life hell. (laughs) But but they don't recognise it because they think they're an untapped genius. And they aren't because they're absolutely mediocre. He is the archetypal straight man for me. Also, yeah, the kind of like, the epitome of the kind of 80s kind of like, ridiculous kind of boom era where people could exist with a huge house being an inventor like it's just like I don't, what how uh, an inventor of what things is, that don't work what is what have you sold yeah. for example <laughs> but literally i just it makes me want to like die like yeah. his inventions and the fact that he's just like here's this shit thing and it just always breaks it's, and i'm sure it's going to be funny but i find it really depressing yeah. <laughs> like, there is one invention that if it worked i would like to have an hour house because i think it looked cute which is the little egg egg uh egger egger <laughs> like a little uh, chicken that kind of like pecks the eggs. Yeah, it goes like quack quack and yeah. pecks the eggs and they crack open. Yeah, but it doesn't work. But course. it doesn't work, of course. It, it um, cracks the first one, but then the, the rest of them all follow uh, yeah. with with some rapidity. Rapidity. Um, so mum's not really worth mentioning. She's not very fleshed out. She's just like... she's not. She does have the same hair as her son, though. That is A sort true. of short, curly crop. That's... That's lovely for her, isn't it? <laughs> it is. um, She's not very talented when it comes to decorating gingerbread men, I can say that much. Yeah, oh god, the gingerbread men look like made by a stupid child. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's like, la, 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 la. Oh, what's that? Gremlins upstairs? Um, uh, the other uh, characters I thought were worth mentioning was uh, Kate, just as being love interest to Billy, and also her amazing speech, um, uh, which I'm going to go into a bit later, I think. Um, yeah, but, her backstory um, is good. Um, <clears throat> and um, uh, Mrs. Deagle, who's literally like a pantomime villain. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she has her own little, like funny soundtracks. Like, drum, 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 yeah, you know what it reminded like... me of? I think we've spoken about this before, <laughs> but you know like on, on like Planet Earth when there's like a crab or a frog oh, yeah. or something mildly kind of comical. It's like, uh, normally it's like this wow, beautiful wow. like sort of like luscious string scape and then they come on and it's like... The comedy of the animal world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hers is more a villainous comedy. So it's like... And she loves just uh, stomping around all over the place, just making everyone else's life hell. <laughs> yeah. um, and she, like, she, she's got a funny wig, which you don't realise until, like, towards the end of the film. Um, and she's also, like, got her face painted up a bit, like, kind of, like, like one of the characters, like, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Like, yeah, just very kind bit. of, like, drawn-in weird eyebrows and very kind of powdered face and, like... Yeah, um, but she's apparently like a landlord, so and just generally a horrible bitch because it's like she, it's uh, from what I well from what I gathered she's she's a her husband was a landlord and she's uh, a widow. Yeah, so she looks after all of his affairs. Yeah, and she, she it, actually at the beginning when there's there's like a young woman comes up to her and begs her for for more time to, to pay her rent back. Or, it reminded yeah. me of uh, the beginning of Christmas Carol. Yeah, when, yeah. Like I think it potentially might have been a, like a literal yeah direct allusion to that and yeah i, I fully expected to just say bar humbug but she yeah. just didn't <laughs> um uh but she's very like ridiculous but kind of and she's always, and also she's kind of like actually like the witch from wizard of oz she's like i'll get your little dog yeah um just very kind of like ridiculous like kind of like 
a very unrealistic woman. I don't know. Maybe there are horrible people like that, but uh, yeah, I'm um, sure there are. But she's very <laughs> yeah. she's, she's very like campy compared to the rest of them. I think. Um, and I've gone down as Roy. Maybe it's his first name. Also, Miss, Mr. Hansen, the science teacher. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, he's actually not very kind. I don't think to um, the Mogwai he's looking after. He's um, not. He's... And he keeps in a tiny cage and like takes quite a lot of blood out of a tiny animal. Yeah. And so, what happens to him? Maybe isn't the worst. Yeah, he's kind to uh, Billy though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did I mention Kate? Yeah, she's yes. just a love interest, and her backstory is good. Though. And she she's... works behind a bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was all the characters I thought worth mentioning. And of course, Gizmo. Uh, of course, Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> Gizmo is fluffy and cute. Uh, and yeah, has funny ears. And, 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 and also, one of the bits that made me laugh the most was when he's. I, I think it's when all of the other. Uh, Mogwais are like uh, kind of just being unruly, but not like malevolent at that point. And um, he's just sat on the bed reading and he's got these little 3D glasses. Yeah. He looks so cute. It's funny because that's the bit where like he ends up feeding them and then he tries to give uh, Gizmo some and he takes the the glasses down for a moment like a covered professor or something. (laughs) He's just like, no, not for me. Thank you. I'll go back to my my reading. He's very responsible as Gizmo. Um, I have some papers to mark (laughs) in my 3D glasses. Um, but yeah, so um, those are the characters. I don't know whether we're just worth jumping into Kate's story. That's the first thing that's popping into my head, unless you have something you want to say. Uh, no, go for it. Well, what one thing that I didn't like oh, yeah. is I don't like that Spike ends up with a gun. Um, yeah. I think it's the, not Spike, Stripe. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Stripe. Stripe. Um, yeah, it just seems silly that you've got these kind of like kind of quite creative and chaotic monsters and it ends up with a gun it just seems a bit yeah like weak yeah you're right actually that's yeah but i mean it's it's so interesting because it's kind of like reminds you that in america like in a superstore that just sells like normal stuff that you can just buy a gun it's just like that their guns just in normal shops in america it's just like what the fuck is that yeah um but anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, Kate, um, and this is the bit actually in, like, that stuck with me the most when I was really young and I watched this film and like, I was obsessed with this like storyline and it used to really haunt me, like stick in my head and I'm really like, oh my God, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, like, the rest of it's all kind of like quite frivolous and like cutesy. I don't know how the like, directors were uh, the exact thought it was meant to be funny. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the objection to it being included was because it does jar with the tone of it. Because even though there are some like gruesome deaths, they're still quite cartoony, though. Yeah, aren't they? everything's quite um, silly. Like, yeah, even the people that die die in a kind of silly way, mostly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I haven't got Kate's story verbatim, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and retell it best I can. Um, so um, she basically, it's, it's a weird moment where she just becomes all wistful and talks about why she hates Christmas so much in the middle of all the carnage. Hilariously, Billy is like running around trying phones. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's only half listening. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, but she just like goes off into her own world and just starts this monologue about like um, why she hates Christmas. Um, and basically she tells a story about how... Um, her dad goes away for business or something, um, and then um, her mum and her are like, um, like getting ready for Christmas, all excited, um, but then suddenly realising dad's not coming home and they can't get in touch with him. 
Um, and Silicon Valley does on Christmas Day. Um, and and uh, weeks go past, and they're like worried to death about where he is and like what what's happened to him. Um, and she says the house is very very cold, so she went to the chimney to to light it to warm the house. Um, and uh, when she got to the chimney, she could just smell something awful. Um, so um, so she 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 uh, calls uh, I don't know, she, she calls I don't know like somebody to clear the chimney anyway, um, thinking it's just a bird or an animal that's like got stuck in there, but actually no. It's her father. It's her rotting, stinky, stinky father. father. And your rotting, stinky father. <laughs> um, and um, his his plan was that he was going to come down the chimney on Christmas uh, with his hands full of uh, presents. Uh, he slips and breaks his neck uh, and ends up just being stuck and in the chimney. And Santa. Yeah, rotting to death in yeah. the chimney. What a festive story. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I mean, it's fair enough that she doesn't like Christmas. Yeah. Uh, stinky dead Christmas. But yeah, isn't that just like the most like horrible story? Like, it's like, it sounds like one of those kind of horrible stories that you'd find it was true some like way, but like, it's just like, it'd be like, oh my God, imagine if that happened to you. Um, but I think the moral of that story is, if you're going to do an elaborate, potentially dangerous surprise for your daughter for Christmas, uh, let your wife know. Uh, yeah. So that if you don't arrive on schedule, she can maybe check in the chimney. Sh- sh- clear the chimney. <laughs> well, I mean, he did slip and break his neck anyway, so well, even if she knew. Breaking a neck isn't always fatal. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, it could have been like... He could have uh, suffered in there for weeks. He could have, he could have. <laughs> Um, he could have just uh, b- breathed his last breath just as he was found. Ah! It could have been like uh, oh, when yeah. Harry found Big, you know, oh. just like that. I you say, <laughs> Where like... she could very clearly have saved his life. I think you say, what was that film? Is it The Mist or The Fog or something? What, what's that oh, one? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, The Mist. Maybe we shouldn't say about what that is. But yeah, it's just like, where you think all hope's lost and then, then it is. And then it isn't. <laughs> and, then... <laughs> um, and then it is again. And then it is again. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I think um, generally that's kind of like all. That's I don't think that's unsavory. So I think it's kind of just like silly um, and quite kind of fun and like weirdly dark in a way that like basically I feel like they could have kept it so light that it was just like then there was no deaths essentially, like and it was more like more PG. Yeah, and it was um, more just like pranks and mischief in which case it probably would have just been described as like a fantasy film or something rather than a horror film um it's sort of like i think that it's like the deaths are what push it over into horror but a lot of them are quite comedic so it's kind of like strange but actually off the back of that off the back of this it actually did spawn a lot of like spooky uh tiny monster films like ghoulies and things like that so it did like i wonder if criticism was horror after this actually but yeah um like small horror like monsters so You're um, small. <laughs> <laughs> alex they them <laughs> um but yeah so but it's just like it's not like scary no I'm, it's not i mean it was was it scary as a kid uh oh well, I still, I loved horror when I was a child, so I'm not the right person yeah. to ask. I I never um, saw this. This wasn't on my radar. Or um, I mean, I, I I had a toy of it, but I didn't. I probably wasn't allowed to see it. I, I, I had the toy as a genre of like little creatures. Yes, we haven't seen many of those recently, but there is one that I can think of, and I can't for the life of me remember its name. But it's got um Katie Holmes in it. What? And her daughter. 
who is cast and looks exactly like her, like it's so well cast, move into this big house and there are these little creatures in the chimney that come out at night and they're like little mysterious, like little shadow oh things. Oh my God. It's kind of fun. I liked it. It, di- it didn't do very well. But I it's, don't um, I even know it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but... Um, there were lots of kind of monstery creature films in the like 80s. Like, did you ever see Troll? That was quite weird. Um, yeah, I feel like I can picture the artwork for it, but um, I don't know what I've seen it. Yeah, and like I said, like Critters and like, yeah, Ghoulies. I love Leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Leprechaun, you know. I think it's quite It's got fair. Jennifer Aniston in. Um, oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, but no, I haven't seen Her it. Her seminal work, if you ask me. Seminal. Seminal work, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, did you have anything to add, to add about the film? I don't think so. I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? It really is what it is. <laughs> I think it seems uh, it's there's a familiarity about it just because if if you'd have told me that uh, Spielberg was the director, I would have accepted that because it feels like yeah. that. It feels like a like it you know E.T. Mac and me all those yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. things um, but just a bit darker but yeah. it's fun but the characters are much less developed in this I think yeah um, I think if it wasn't for the fact that I very much was in love with Billy I wouldn't have been invested in any of them really yeah um, maybe that's true actually maybe that was the truth well maybe that was true for the whole of the world no <laughs> um, no I think it was obviously quite probably quite groundbreaking for its time and obviously the puppets being cost so much being cost so much mm. um, um, probably it was probably quite kind of impressive as like to watch on the screen and be like, oh my god, how do they do that? Yeah, I wonder how heavily, how prominently Spielberg's name featured on the posters and the adverts and stuff. Probably quite. I, th- th- I mean, this is something that while you were saying that, I was like curious about. Like, don't really get like what. I mean, this is my thing, but like, what the difference really is between a director and a producer, like in terms of just like, and we know that, for example, with Poltergeist, like it, like Spielberg was meant to be a producer, but it was essentially ended up was the director, like took control. So, of it. from what I understand, and this might be completely wrong, because there is, there is a, I think, the producer is involved in editing. But I also think often producers, especially executive producers, are usually just investors or stakeholders. So yeah. it, they, they don't, a lot of the time, they don't actually perform any real function in the film, in but, the making of the film. Yeah, Spielberg we, will have. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like he was sort of like very kind of not medley. Maybe it's like basically like having all the fun bits of directing without kind of nitty gritty boring bits. So you just go, nah, I didn't really like that bit. Let's do it this mm. way. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Boring. Uh, we probably should look it up one day, but maybe can't be bothered. Really, no, can't be asked. Maybe podcast can't. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We've never pretended to be experts. We we'll never, never, and we never will be. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and we've no interest in acquiring that knowledge. I don't want that information. Please, in my head. please don't tell us if you know. <laughs> Too boring. You're on our force immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about representation. Shall we? Let's. Why oh. not? Oh, oh fun. Oh. Um, should we start with women? Women, yes. What do you have to say about <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like we said, none of the characters are very well developed. Um, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, I guess like Mrs. Deagle has quite. She is probably well. She's like a cartoon, but like she's probably the most developed character, and she's a woman. Um, but uh, she's also ridiculous and a villain. <laughs> so. Yeah, she. Um, I think she's too cartoony to think of her as a real a representation sort of, of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like kind of child catcher vibes. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, I think the mother is maybe more interesting because she's dull <laughs> but um when she she's the first one that has to really face the uh the gremlins she does actually she probably and she does a good job she kills than... three of them that's true <laughs> in very creative ways yeah like she puts one of them in the blender uh, yeah she puts one of them in the microwave and she's st- quite aggressively <laughs> stabs another one <laughs> so she can stand up for herself she actually pr- cool. oh it's like from blowing them up she's the most hands-on killer of, of gremlins, yeah i think actually. she is um yeah and the she's much more present in the fighting of the in the sort of dramatic uh, sort of climax than the father is, who's very absent. Yeah, he is literally um, absent at some weird like science fair for most of the yeah. film. And likewise, the um, I think uh, Kate, the the love interest, has I think the moment where she's just continuing to do her job behind the bar while when it's just <laughs> full of gremlins smashing the place up is very funny. Um, <laughs> And um, and also, she uses a camera to, like, scare them all oh, that's away. That's true. She figures um, out so, by herself about the bright light. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I think both of those are, uh, deal well under pressure. They do deal well. They do deal well. Um, both in the absence of there being any men around. Yeah. Um, oh, I just remembered also the downtrodden wife of that drunk guy who's obsessed with the gremlins. I uh, think yeah. they die, but, like... Oh That's, yeah, well they do because yeah. the police find out about it, don't they? They get oh. they get hit with the. Um, do they say they they're dead? I think so. Wow. Um, yeah, they get hit with the snowplow. A snowplow, snow yeah. Oh. Mister Plow, what's my name? That name again <laughs> is Mister Plow. Plow. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember the exact words, but it's along those lines. Um, but yeah, but she's really sad because she just looks like she's so traumatized. She doesn't know what's going on most of the time. She is, but I have something to say about him in a different section. Okay. I think he's an interesting character. Oh, nice. Um, the, uh, so yeah, that's all I have to say about women, really. Okay. Uh, shall we talk about people of color? Uh, I would love that. Yes. Uh, so the only named person of color is he's the only person of color? I don't think I saw anyone else. Well, the Chinese people. <gasps> oh, of course. <laughs> so the uh, the black science teacher, Mr. Hansen. Yeah. Um, who is handsome? I think. Yes, also handsome. Yeah, he is again not a very developed character, but is maybe a bit more three dimensional, just in the fact that he seems like a nice man. Yeah. But then is quite mean to the. He sees the uh, the mogwai that he gets. It just is like a specimen. Yeah. He's not like warm to it at all. Um, he's also the first person to die in the film. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so that's not In fact, ideal. I just looked at my notes. I said, black teacher, first to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, first of the gang to die. Uh, yes. um, uh, and bullet in his gullet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting that they cut back on the needles. I don't really know why, because there were so many other kind of like recent deaths that like it's interesting that they just like cut back on him being like stabbed with like millions of needles and just had one on his bum it's just like a bit like uh, yeah I, I guess it's just um i i wonder if there's something more 
problematic in a film that kids will see about a needle being used as a weapon rather uh, than a yeah, maybe um especially as like i don't want to go too s- stupid about this but like what 1984 in the aids uh, uh, era of aids <laughs> um a needle as a, as a yeah, weapon yeah, yeah. um the but yeah i guess the, the needle is just a revenge from the mogwai yeah. who had been yeah I, I mean like i i, I kind of i thought he got his comeuppance really because he wasn't very nice and uh, did, did he treat... deserve to die though yes <laughs> okay. no no he didn't. i mean nobody deserves to die well some people do oh but, um, mr. mrs daigle uh... did <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah um so the the chinese characters yeah. i think are more problematic uh, yes so they first of all that there are two of them who probably have as much dialogue as the science teacher does and as other minor characters with names, but they aren't named. He's I, on That's the credits. True. He's yeah, called, yeah. he's called grandfather. Yeah. Um, and, and the boy is called Chinese boy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> really? um, the, uh, yeah, the Chinese boy is like, obviously very like, uh, Westernized and is American, I guess. He yeah. speaks with an American accent. He's got a little baseball cap on. But then the depiction of Chinatown, which is the first thing we see, is very much like everyone's wearing those like kind of triangular sort of cone hat yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, he... and it looks very chaotic and dirty and kind of like, yeah, kind of just not, yeah, not very civilized. Yeah. And the, and I think the whole nature of that shop, which really, really reminded me, and I, I think it probably is a trope, but I don't recognize where it's from. But the idea of this... Can you remember on one of the Simpsons Treehouses of Horror <laughs> where uh, Homer gets the the hand... The monkey hand. The mon- it's either the monkey hand or the evil crusty doll, but he gets one of those from uh, uh, from this like kind of mystical but shop. But it must be inspired by this. Yeah, surely. and and, it, and the guy who runs it looks very much like right, the guy. Right, right, right. Um, and it's like... Uh, yeah, it's this idea of this sort of like... Eastern mysticism versus, yeah. like, Western, like, rationalism. There's yeah. something about, like, um, oh, look at all this junk, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got this this thing that I've manufactured, and yeah. it, it works. What are these? What are all these trinkets? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's something about him being this sort of, like, mystical character that, um, that feels a little bit uncomfortable, I think. Um, yeah. And then his thing about, like, you people um, do this to all nature. And it's like, and the you people there seems to be about Westerners or yeah, Americans. White people. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's probably true. Yeah. It's also playing up to this whole, like, we're at one with nature. We're mystical, spiritual beings. And you're all sort of, I don't know. It just, it just feels weird now. I, I can see that it probably, no one would have batted neither at the time. No. White people wouldn't have anyway. But I mean, like, yeah, it's very kind of like, of its time sort of uh, trope of um, Chinese older mystical man. like, mm. And actually it's reminded me of the character in Kill Bill 2. Um, Pai Mei. Pai Mei. Yeah, I thought with that. With that kind of wispy, white, kind of long beard. Yeah. Like... And he just appears in the house. Yeah, yeah, um... yeah. Um, yeah, he's... Um... There's probably a lot more to drill into in terms of how problematic it is, but I don't really know enough uh, to no, talk about same. it. No, so. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, shall we talk about queer representation? Sure, please. Do you have anything to say? Well, I, you're probably going to step on this kind of quote that I found today, but please go ahead. I'll. Um, I'll, I'll... What do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. So I thought there were uh, 
one sort of like campy moment and then uh, one sort of queer reading, which is sure. that if it wasn't for the f- the sequel where we meet a lady, <laughs> a, lady. <laughs> a la- lovely lady, um, the uh, the Mogwai and the Gremlins all seem to be kind of genderless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and more specifically, they are technically hermaphrodites. Yes. In that they don't need a partner to uh, reproduce. Reproduce. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I'm not saying that her, that I mean human hermaphrodites don't exist. To me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if they did, <laughs> I would embrace them quiet. into the fold of the LGBTQ community yes. with no questions asked. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so oh, did you have more? No. no okay. So no, it was funny today because um, just by pure coincidence, someone posted um, to an uh, 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 Instagram feed for, um, called Queer for Fear, um, which is a queer horror thing, uh, which I hadn't heard of until today. Um, it's someone called Heather, uh, who is queer for fear, but also Dr. Horror Dyke, um, she goes oh, yeah. by. Uh, apparently a, le- a leading queer expert in queer spectatorship of film. I don't know what that means. Just watching? I don't know. But anyway... Um, she said, uh, like, she said that it's quite, she sees it quite a kind of queer film in so much as, like, um, she says, I'm Team Stripe because their little band of movie going and bar trashing gremlins perfectly represent the queer community. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sure, Gizmo is adorable, but Gizmo exists to entertain the straight masses with sweet song and adorableness. I'm here for the naughty gremlins who just want queer bacchanalian celebrations that threaten and dismantle the cis heteronormative society that tries to keep them from existing and can't handle their existence. It's <laughs> so funny because they are quite fun-loving. They are. <laughs> I relate to them more than Gizmo. <laughs> Although sometimes I do just want to sit on my bed and read. <laughs> I'd be cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the like campy bit that I didn't mention was when you see... After Mrs. Steagle has died, when you see uh, in the bar one of the one of the gremlins is dressed up as her, yes, like. has her wig on, and I was just I, I never clocked that before. It's like, it looks like it's um, Stripe's girlfriend. Oh, Stripe! It is Stripe. Yeah, mm. uh, I keep getting Spike from Buffy and Stripe. <laughs> um, and, um, but yeah, dressed up as her. It's like the, the original Lady Gremlin, um, which I never clocked before. But anyway, there she is. Um, but she disappears after that. She's not in the cinema. Mm. He obviously dumps her. Yeah. Dumps her ass. Yeah, obviously he doesn't find her as attractive when she's Mrs. Deagle. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything about disability? No. I mean, I was going to mention something about Mrs. Deagle's uh, chairlift, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. There's no kind of... Yeah, I don't know. That's not enough, really. Well, no, I... That hadn't really occurred to me. The the one thing that I picked up on, and I'm I'm sure it probably does classes disability, but it's about the the sort of he seems like a bit of an abusive husband that talks about gremlins at the beginning, and then him and his wife get crushed with the <laughs> snowplow. Yes. So he's a veteran, from what I can gather. Yeah. And he talks about um, he introduces the idea of the gremlin as it being something that interfered with the aircraft during the war and there's something about his behavior that strikes me as a bit ptsd right right. um and which is very common for veterans of war when there were time even now but especially when there were times where you couldn't kind of get therapy as readily as you perhaps can now sure um 
And yeah, I, there was something in that scene just before he dies. And I, can't, I can't really remember what it was that made me think. Because I, I, we were talking about how like, she's very, very positive, but she seems a bit downtrodden by him because he's quite awful to her. She's like quite kind of wide-eyed in that kind of zombie way where she's like, yes, it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, this is a lovely a wonderful time. time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, there was something he said, I wish I could remember it, that just made me think, oh, maybe he's like suffering from PTSD. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, the the gremlins awesome. are all too real. Yeah, <laughs> um, a manifestation of his fears. Indeed, yeah. So, but yeah, that was as far as I got. Anyway, yeah. Um, hmm. Great. Shall we do the awards? The awards. Um, let's do a Christmas version of the song. Okay. Um, let me think. <laughs> <laughs> How can you make it Christmas? Well, Christmas-y? last year we did. Uh, uh, we. Oh um, no, that was at the beginning. Um, oh. We did a. a um, welcome to the spooky bit. Spooky, spooky oh, bit. Yes, jumping ahead. This isn't the spooky bit, though. This is oh the, no, it's the awards. The awards, 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 awards. awards, awards we did that one already. Yeah, I got carried away. It's not the spooky bit. It's the awards. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so first one is for best character. Yes. Who did you choose? Oh fuck! I actually didn't choose one, um, and I thought of one, and then I've just forgotten that. So please uh, say what yours is. Oh, so mine uh, appear right at the beginning in Chinatown, and it's the two nuns on a rickshaw oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, taking photographs. Um, I just remembered one that I thought of um, as a contender, and then is obviously now my main one is when the uh, the Kremlins are still Mogwise, and they're down by the Christmas tree. And one of them with the wonky eyes is playing the trombone. Oh yeah, um, right into the dog's uh, face. <laughs> and then and then uh, the spike spits on them. Oh yeah, yeah something really nice. <laughs> no, but he's he quite is, funny. He, is he seems back. like a harmless one. He seems like he would turn out to be a gizmo under right circumstances. Yeah, I think so. It's all it's all about nature versus nurture, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, next award is for the spookiest bit. Well, for me, what I was going to say for this bit is it's more of a chilling bit, which is uh, the speech about the dead dad and the, mm. the thing, because there's nothing spoopy about this film. <laughs> no, there isn't. I, I put that as well. But I also there was another bit, which I think, and maybe I just liked it as a visual, like rather than finding it spoopy, but in the, uh, in the cinema, when they're behind, when Kate and Billy are behind the screen, oh, and you yeah. see the silhouettes of all of the gremlins approaching, cool. it looks really cool. Yeah. Again, not terrifying. No. <laughs> but good. Um, what was your funniest bit? Um, I, it maybe shouldn't be funny, but the reason it is for me is because it reminds me of the scene. Oh, okay. I'll tell you which bit it is, and then I'll tell you which scene. So, so um, the bit where the mum's like fighting like the gremlins in the house, <laughs> yeah. and then the Christmas they're in the Christmas tree, and the Christmas tree falls on top of her, and it's literally between her legs, and she's like basically just like screaming with this Christmas tree all over. Does it remind you like, of Divine? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so it's the bit, yeah, the where, cha cha the cha cha heels, where basically Divine pulls. Christmas tree over on the mum and she's under the tree just going 
not on Christmas. <laughs> I know that. that means... <laughs> so yeah, that um, was my funniest. I had two funniest bits. Uh, well, three if you include the 3D glasses. But the um, when the Mogwai is in the cage in the scientist's room, the scientist puts a sandwich <laughs> down and the, the Mogwai just goes... Yum, yum. (laughs) (laughs) And I also like it when... uh, (laughs) When the the gremlins are all watching uh, (laughs) Snow White in the cinema and (laughs) uh, Kate and Bill are sneaking around and uh, Gizmo is in Bill's bag and you just hear Gizmo going, Hi-ho, (laughs) hi-ho. I like that bit too. (laughs) Uh, what do you think was the best death? Well, I think it could quite easily uh, also be included in the funniest moment. It's obviously oh, Mrs. Teagle's death. Um, <laughs> Which I don't think we've described. No, uh, I was saving it for this bit. <laughs> um, so, well, actually, a funny bit about that is that it, before the hilarious bit is that when she first sees the gremlins, she thinks they're Christmas carolers, so she comes out, and they're all singing Christmas carols. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great beginning bit anyway. <laughs> that but whole then, sequence is brilliant. But then also she's talking about to herself, saying oh they've come to get me but I'm not ready it's not my time and I wonder if that's sort of an allusion to kind of Scrooge and the kind of like or she thinks she's sort of like oh. basically brought demons upon herself to come and kill her which I thought was interesting anyway like oh, it's a tiny, tiny bit she says I'm not ready I'm not ready when she gets into the the stair lift and um and so so basically when she gets in the stair lift it's obviously it's been tinkered with by some gremlins um and weirdly she, it's like a roundy roundy one that goes way up into this giant house that she has but in some way it just seems like it, ne- it never ends and because they've tinkered with it it just goes super speed so she's going wow <laughs> 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 it's like really amazing and then just like it cuts to the outside of the house and then you just see her flying out the window <laughs> and then where does she land she, she just, just see face her legs down like sticking up <laughs> don't you yeah, it's, it's very brutal but it's very funny yeah that is by far the best death uh, yeah but, um, um, in any film maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> we scream <laughs> uh uh, worst death? There's quite a lot of kind of boring deaths. Like, I think the science teacher's death is quite yes, boring. Yes, because all we see is him reaching his hand under the, the like, laboratory yeah. desk thing. And then something, he obviously gets, like, bitten or grabbed or something. And then yeah. next we just see his, his bum with a needle in it. It's interesting, though, because, I, like, I was thinking... Put the needle in it. Put the needle in it. Um... It's interesting because obviously they cut back on the fact that the gremlins actually eat people because that like, you don't see any kind of like you see them being scratched or bitten, but you don't see them actually eating flesh, which I guess is like. Do they eat people? Well, if, from that scene that was that was going to be in it from the McDonald's where they were eating all the people. Oh yeah. But um, but I guess they must have made a decision that they don't want them eating people because it would have been too gross. Yeah. Um, and I wonder whether that like on top of the fact that they just like cut back on all the needles for his death. Um, made it quite kind of like, like, bleh. <laughs> just mm. kind of like he's not eating and he's just got one needle in his bum <laughs> yeah that's enough yeah <laughs> uh, what do you think is the queerest moment uh, I think um, just the the lady gremlin the original proto lady gremlin in the bar <laughs> um, with her little mystical hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes I think the uh I think the fact that any of them can give birth 
yes. is the queerest moment. Well, that's the queerest <laughs> moment of all. Yes. Uh, and dare I, not dare I, need, <laughs> need, need I ask who the sexiest dare character I, is? Need I, <laughs> must I, should I, <laughs> will I? <laughs> yes. Who is the sexiest character? Oh, who's it going to be? Billy. Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, just, he's a stunner. He's yeah. an absolute beaut. Um, actually, funnily enough, um, he's still doing like sort of convention circuits and he's actually like aged very well um i saw him introducing a screening of gremlins 2 uh prince uh, charles cinema a few years ago in the flesh yeah yeah um and he just looks like billy but just like an older like dad version it's still Does very he? Hot. that's yeah. interesting because I, I looked him up because i wanted to find out if he was old enough to fancy <laughs> <laughs> he was he was 20 at the time yes. um and uh he uh yeah i thought he looked Quite unappealing oh. today, but maybe I, it wasn't well, it him was that a I few saw. years ago. But I mean, it's still like I mean, it has been quite a rough pandemic. Hasn't it, it has. That's <laughs> it's been quite rough. Oh, what else being rough, Kathy? Um, but yeah, he's beautiful, and he's also beautiful in Gremlins too. I wonder mm. if he'll be back for Gremlins three. That, I mean, they would at least give him a guest part, probably, wouldn't they? Mm. Who knows, really? Who does know? So the big question is, how many Christmas puds? Oh, Christmas, Christmas. Now, if I remember correctly, and I do because I re-listened to it very recently, oh. our last Christmas episode, we got very giddy and gave it ten, ten Christmas. What? <laughs> yeah, we. It was. It's our highest rated film was Silent Night, Deadly Night, and it's our, one of our lowest listened to episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So go stream. Yeah. Also, go watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's incredible. Oh, it's so so underrated. Yes. Um, like, not only is it the best like Christmas horror film but it's also like one of the better slasher films from that period as well yeah so funny um, so good so and amazing. and weirdly follows the perspective of the killer from start to finish yeah um there's never any mystery about who he is yeah um oh it's great and he's so hot very so well, hot. I, I I still maybe say he's the hottest killer in any slasher film yes agreed um but yes um, but we were feeling very giddy when we gave it to him. Uh, we also were discussing who was hotter, Billy, or... Um, uh, I don't know what the guy's name actually from Silent Night. Beautiful, know. Deadly Beautiful. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like Matthew or something. Uh, it was... Hunk. Yeah. Um, and uh, I said Billy, and Sean said Santa Hunk. Yeah, um, so, which is fine, because we can then we both have each. boyfriends, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yes, back to the... the Christmas uh, the, puds. The puds. Mm. Um, spooky puds. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were spooky puddings. Um, so uh, I think... Oh, ten. Ten Christmas puddings. Piggy puddings. It's out of five, isn't it? Yeah, I always mm. forget. Um, I don't always forget. I just forgot then. Um, uh, uh, I think four. Oh. Oh. It's just like, I think it was like, it was very important to me growing up. I'd like, and I must have seen it like five million times. And even this time, I had a lot of fun watching it again. Mm. I think it's just quite a fun film. Like, it's not scary. I'm like, I, I kind of also kind of feel like maybe it's like borderline, even not horror. It is, but it's just like, just. I think it's family horror. It's like kids' horror, which yeah, I think yeah. is still horror. Fair. Um, the, uh, I would say you changed my mind. I was going to say three, but I'll say three and a half. Um, it's 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 loads of fun. I just think 
uh, I was expecting a bit more because I hadn't seen it before. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I had, but I just couldn't remember it. I was expecting a little bit more in terms of like story and characters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bit light on both. Yeah, but yeah. it is lots of fun. It's good fun. Yeah, it's, it's uh, kind of so... a silly fun Christmas romp yes. released in summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So three and a half and four. That's seven and a half pumpkins. Wow. Uh, not pumpkins. Oh. 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 Christmas puddings. <laughs> the forbidden Christmas word pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, did well. Well, that's well a lot of puds. That is delicious. Too many puts for me. I think I'd have scuffed Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's that. That's that then. Merry, Merry Christmas. You. What's happening? You scumbag, you bigot. It's time for the spoopy bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. <laughs> Merry Christmas, the spoopy bit. The spoopy bit. And the spoopy, And the spoopy. We've changed songs. Oh, it's like a mashup. of silence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the spoopy Um. So this story begins with a big tree. Oh, please. It's, it's <laughs> in my mind. Um, so uh, it's not just any big tree. It's the world tree. Bigot tree. The bigot tree. <laughs> the world tree, which appears in many religions and mythologies, uh, including in Native American culture and in European. Oh, yeah. And, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to be focusing on Greek uh, mythology today. Fun. And, and you'll find out why. We haven't done Greek before, nice. No. So, in Greek tradition, the world tree was an oak tree that Mm -hmm. sprouted when Zeus got married, um, and the roots grew all the way down to Tartarus, uh, which was uh, a far underground abyss uh, that served as a dungeon for the banished titans. Yes, yes. Um, So, it's a cosmic tree of sorts. Uh, that connects the underworld with the uh, terrestrial world and the overworld, and, uh, the overworld <laughs> and its branches with the celestial world. Nice. Um, and apart from uh, during uh, the 12 days of Christmas, uh, from, uh, uh, excuse me, during the 12 days of Christmas, <laughs> from the 25th of December to the 6th of January, when the sun apparently ceases its seasonal movement, um, the structural integrity of the world tree is under dire threat. Oh, no. I'll tell you for why. <clears throat> Just underground, though not as deep as the imprisoned titans, uh, live a scampish group of meddlesome goblins. Oh, please. Yes. Called Calicanceroi. Okay. And they spend almost the entirety of the year sawing at the trunk of the tree. Uh, so that it will collapse. And when it does collapse, so too will the earth. No. Yeah. Um, it takes them almost a year to complete this task, but they it, they never reach completion because come Christmas, they are allowed to come uh, to the surface and wreak havoc on human beings. Um, so you might have some questions uh, about the Calicanceroi, um, which is, I understand. I do. Uh, I those, those questions might be, for example... What do these creatures look like? Please, um, tell me. How can one protect oneself from these <laughs> creatures? 
Um, and what do these creatures get up to in the 12 days that they're above ground? Yes, please. Um, well, I'm going to begin with the with the final one. Uh, because oh. I have the answers to all of these, but I'll start with that one. Backwards. Okay. So um, their exploits above ground range from the impish to the murderous. Oh. Um, so they play pranks, uh, including demanding piggybacks from humans. Um, but they also imitate the voices uh, of of uh, they imitate voices that people recognise in a bid to lure them outside into the cold where they will oh. freeze to death. Um, <clears throat> that, actually, that reminds me. We, we must. Oh, we'll talk about it another time. But there's things called skinwalkers, uh, the uh, American folklore cryptids that imitate human voices to lure people into like they sound kind of human, but they're off. And they're like weird. They're like, I think. Oh man! I, you might have told me about yeah, this before. Yeah, um, I'm obsessed. They're, they're the scary. Um, so uh, the appearance of the Calicanceroi uh, is contested, um, but it's largely agreed that these are semi-humanoid in appearance and resemble little devils, but black in color with a long tail. Um, they've also been depicted with various animal parts, such as horse legs tusks and goat ears mm-hmm. um and they've been depicted with long tongues hanging out of their mouths that constantly sort of lull, lull around mm, sounds a bit crampusy um it does um and uh, they also apparently have big massive donkey dicks oh are you joking <laughs> <laughs> which isn't that unusual in greek mythology because there's that one everything's uh, very sexual isn't there's it? that one i think he's called priapus one of the Gods. Prior pussy. <laughs> Pry open the pussy. Oh, um, and I think he, uh, I think that's his name. And he's quite fawn-like, but he's got a massive erection. Oh, and, I've seen um, Yeah, it's supposed statues. to be like a, yeah, it's like a fertility thing. And you go and rub his bell end if you want to have a kid or something. Oh, nice. Um, the, so anyway, yeah, they've all got big dicks. Um, <laughs> they're also said to smell very bad. Uh, they're mostly blind. Oh. Uh, probably because they live underground for the vast majority of the year. And their diet comprises uh, frogs and worms. No. And, and also, quite cutely and camply, they speak with a lisp. Ah! <laughs> um, uh, uh, which perhaps is unsurprising, considering their tongue is always hanging out. I've got a big donkey dick. Frogs, frogs and worms <laughs> for me, please. Um, so, how does one protect oneself against such creatures? I have three top tips, uh, should you ever find yourself. Wank, it's big tip. <laughs> <laughs> so, tip the first is to leave a colander at your doorstep. Oh, of course. Now, uh, the Kalakadzaroi would be distracted by the colander by trying to count all of the holes in it. Ah! Um, uh, they, uh, they were nocturnal creatures, so they would do this until the sun started to rise, and then they would return underground. Confusingly... Apparently, the can uh, the calicanceroi uh, can only. How, can, yeah, you keep trying to say it over and over again, rather than just saying the creatures. I know. I actually I wrote it out phonetically so that it just sounded like I really naturally knew the how cali- to speak cali- about cali- the calicanceroi. Cali- 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 maybe I'll get there in the end. Uh, but anyway, um, confusingly, the calicanceroi um, <laughs> are unable to count above two. Because oh, it must uh, be hard with the colander then. No, because the number three Plant is hater. the number three is the <laughs> holy number, and if they say the number three out loud, uh, they would die. Oh god, um, terrible! I know. So, uh, top tip number two is to throw donuts and sausages on your roof. Of course, uh, which would have been my <laughs> uh, my guess anyway. 
Um, and once you've done this, there's a special song to sing. Unfortunately, I don't know what the song is. Oh. Um, but it's probably something like, Donuts and sausages on my roof. Sausage donuts on the roof. <laughs> Have your fill or you count to three. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and then this combination of the donuts and the sausages and the special song uh, will ensure that the Calicanceroi uh, will... Uh, climb up onto the roof and eat all of the sausages and donuts and then leave. Kind uh, uh, cancel themselves. Yeah. And then the final one is a bit more of an obvious solution, uh, which Kill is... Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is that you light a fire. Ah. Um, this serves two purposes. Firstly, it blocks the chimney as a means of entry. Mm. Um, but also, if you smell... No, if you throw smelly old shoes into the fire, um, it makes it smell very horrible. And the smell deters the house as, well. as an additional deterrent as well. Well, do you want Calacanzari in the house or a smelly shoe house? Uh, neither. No, well, that's... I'll put the sausages on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just the a colander at the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you could you could do all three could and be do. super safe. Very um, stinky safe. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, there's also seen to be some connection between why the Yule log is burnt for those 12 days. Uh, related to also having a fire there seems to, to be to, to stop the not that I know it Roy. I, I haven't got involved it's none of my business <laughs> some connection but I really couldn't tell you <laughs> uh, other solutions uh, would be uh, burning incense which seems That's less nice, smelly and also, and also just drawing a black cross on your door um, oh. which again seems Goth. also a bit more simple <laughs> Um, so worryingly, if you're not particularly good at time management, oh, no. uh, then I would strongly recommend refraining. Really? Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, strongly recommend refraining from penis in vagina sex. Of course. In late March, early April, <gasps> and I'll tell you for why. Because uh, That's any my birthday. That's rude. Well, yes, but you weren't conceived then, were you? No, but I might want to have some penis and vagina sex. You might do, but I'm warning you against it. Okay, thank you. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, anyone born during the 12 days of Christmas, okay. um, once they reach adulthood, is in danger of transforming into a calicanceroy oh, themselves. No. However, you can prevent this, but the prevention must be done when they're a baby by their parents. And you uh, you wrap them in, you bind them in tresses of garlic or straw. It doesn't say how long for. I don't know if it's like until they're two. How do you bind people in garlic as well? Tresses of garlic. What is a tress of garlic? It, tresses of garlic. <laughs> I can't make this any clearer, Alex. Tresses of garlic. Okay, yep. Tresses um, of garlic. And, uh, and then also uh, you have to uh, singe their little baby toenails. Aww. Well, it's either that or them becoming a Calicansaroi when they... Oh, that really did roll off the tongue that time. Yeah, um, Calicansaroi. Yeah. Oh, 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 Roy. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also said that if you if you were born on a Saturday... Were you born on a Saturday? I don't know. You have no curiosity about anything, do you? I do, but not boring <laughs> things like that. I was born on a Thursday. On a Thursday! <laughs> uh, if you're born on a Saturday, then you're able to speak with the uh, little lispy, stinky, erect <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> um, so once the 12th day of Christmas has passed, on, Jan- on the 6th of January... They return underground to continue sawing the world tree to bring destruction to the world. However, only to find that the mighty oak has healed itself. 
in oh, their absence. What a thankless and they, and they have gig. to set back off to work for another thankless year. Yeah. Sounds like a not very nice. Well, I guess you get free sausages and donuts, don't you? Yeah. And you got a big donkey dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do you need? Got a full time job working under the tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an easy life. I mean, <laughs> economically, it's a supply and demand thing. If once you've cut the tree down, there's no job left, is there? <laughs> so it's a good thing it never actually gets yeah, damaged. It is. Thank God. Um, yeah. Have you ever had your toenails singed as a baby? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're not a calicanzor right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no, that's silly. No. Um, Have you ever smelt burnt nails? Nails? No, I... I it no. smells like burnt hair. Oh, does it? Yeah. I smell burnt hair quite a lot because sometimes I accidentally light my nose hairs on fire when I'm lighting a cigarette. Mm, on fire. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Mm. Um, yeah. But not, but toenails are essentially hair, just uh, like weaved closer together, woven tresses, tresses of nail hair, tresses of hair <laughs> turned to nail. <laughs> um, so that's my spooky story. I um, loved it. Thank you. So, um, cancel Roy's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess that just leaves us to wish our loyal and lovely listeners. Uh, a, a terrifying Christmas. A, a spooky Christmas. A shitty Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you have a shit one. And a crappy New Year. <laughs> 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 and also, don't forget to put your colanders out. Yes. Um, put your donuts and sausages on your roof. Singe your babies. Singe your babies. <laughs> if you're in shared accommodation, maybe check if anyone's got any stinky shoes to put on the fire. Of course, of course. Yeah, and uh, and just just enjoy it just while be- while they're they're yeah. around. Yeah. for twelve days. Yeah. yeah. Bye, babes. Bye. If you're enjoying Bloody Marys. Please subscribe, like, and review on whichever platform you listen to us on and share with your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at Bloody Mary's Podcast, and that is Mary's with a Z. Um, And you can also find a link to our spooky Spotify playlist there as well. Uh, Our theme tune is by Pink Pound, and you can follow them on Instagram at Pink Pound Sound.